welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books and secret night meetings and watching secret dinners from secret cars. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week I did not even have to pause to get my name right and we <laughs> are covering Legacy of the Force, book four, Fate of the Jedi, book four. Backlash, <laughs> chapters 25 through 28. It's fine. It's only the fourth book of the series, and we're almost done it. Yeah. Finally got it wrong again. <laughs> chapters 25 through 28 Yeah. <laughs> this week, in which um, secrets and then secrets and secrets. Yeah, all the background secrets. Yes. They get revealed and it put into motion of exposure. Yeah. Heading to a, a culminating conflict, as you do at the end of every book. I hope so. They only got a few chapters left. I know, right? But before those few chapters, we have these chapters. This week. But that's this week. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Previously. <laughs> On Forever Canon. You like that one, right? Yeah. That was like chop, suey. Mess, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Previously. On Forever Cannon, Rancors attack Camp Jedi. More Rancors attack, also an avalanche. Witches shock Luke, and Vistara the Sith saves him. Han and Leia negotiate peace with Jedi for Chief of State Dalla. That's your, that's your, that's your news headlines for last week. A lot of Rancors. A lot of Rancors. So like, many Rancors. Here's the thing. Yeah. Surely... And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> that, was, that was running through me, too. Yeah, I know. I could see on your face this that smile you, were, you were about to do it. No, uh, but clearly, attacking with just the Rancors is kind of dumb, right? They attacked them with bugs before. They attacked them with snakes. Hey, man, mix it up. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get all different sizes of... Anyways. Put them all in there. And the... Rancors, Rancors, Rancors. That was last week. This yes. week, we start... With chapter 25. At the Jedi Hill Camp on Dathomir. The Jedi flag comes down. And the newly forged under fire of Night Sister attack, Rising Sun Clan raises their own standard on the hill. So hey, now Luke can come hang out. Yep. Because it's not... <laughs> it's not a Jedi establishment anymore. Yes, it's not an official uh, Jedi business anymore. And so he comes up. And immediately Luke and Ben start brainstorming over Vistara. Yeah. Why is she here? What is her goal? How do we get her in our custody? And if we can't get her in our custody, at least isolate her so she can't get the information about the dark side power and the maw back to her people when we don't have a legal leg to stand on. First of all, why do you give a shit about legal when you're talking about the Sith? Second of all, don't forget... That, you know, nameless dark side threat from the Maw, which is a being named Abeloth, who has not been mentioned by name once in this book. And now I officially stand by my assertion that he wrote all of this before Troy Denning named her in the third book. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah, they haven't said her name once. No. The characters that know her. She hasn't featured in a scene. She it's not she doesn't exist yet in this book. No. Which is we've had that weird 
sensation of stepping backwards sometimes when we're switching between authors, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, you know, a little bit of the drawback of the series, but it has plenty of benefits that I like. We've seen it before with like, oh, Ben had a, had a little girl when he was leaving Zyost. And then all of a sudden, next book, she gone. She's been dropped off. Forget about that. Cut that string, whatever. You know, little small steps back yeah. here and there. But this one's huge. Well, and we've had some some pretty big emotional step back. <laughs> yeah. Like some, where some Ben is a child all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Some un serious ungrowing. Yeah, those kind of things. Like, as a narrative function... Her stand, her standing in the in the story, she's a very high level threat. Mm -hmm. Avaloth, she proved herself to be beyond understanding, beyond reason, and beyond fathomable power yep. in the last book and all throughout the last book. Yeah, not not like in one scene or she was present through the whole last book. She, the tribe found her cave and then she took them all across the jungle, getting them all killed and stuff till she could whittle down their numbers enough to take advantage of them. Right. Yeah. But now she's just a, a thing, an unnamed thing that Vistara can't get a message out to her Sith tribe about. That's, that's what she is now. She's not Abeloth. She's not the so, uh, what like what was she i wish we could remember that word that she was referred to as all the, like all the angelic and and the, uh, yes. all of the biblical you know um description and, and imagery that was used for her yeah and just... and now she's just reduced to a packet of information namelessly you know what i mean yeah it's there's no way she existed when he wrote this no and she's so like massive and in scale yeah. and power that even in the narrative, it's not not just our taking of this. They said it. Yeah, they it's, they it's used laid the out words. really plainly <laughs> that she is like unfathomable power, un unbelievable whatever. She's an ancient something thing made of force. Yeah, she is. I don't know a big deal. And has not been named or addressed or mentioned one time in this book where we are now 292 out of like 350 pages. But they're finally starting to talk about Vistara. How about that? <laughs> Want to know why? Because now Luke's up on the hill again, right? Yeah. Like, what a stupid, <laughs> I don't know, contrivance to get him. Like, or, or not even a contrivance to get him away from Ben, but just more even... Maybe an an annoying side effect of of this all these rules of his exile. Yeah, that he's following. Yeah, like, to the letter because no one's around. He doesn't want to give anybody any reason That's to true. doubt his innocence, right? So he is that guy. But I don't know the nameless dark side power in the maw. Don't don't let her get that information out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as they're talking about Vistara, they manage to narrow down her goals. They figure, number one, remember how she saved you and didn't kill you when the witches were zapping you with the lightning? They guess that she wants to deliver Luke Skywalker to her Sith as a prize, maybe as a, this is me now, um, what's it called? Pontificating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not even the word I wanted. No. But she, they think maybe he, they're going to offer him as a treasure to not kill her. 
because she failed in the last mission and all that stuff. And ran away, wasn't strong enough. Ver- for various reasons, they believe, she wants to capture Luke Skywalker and bring him to her Sith. That's her number one goal. Number two, well, wouldn't you know, she could have escaped if she wanted to at any time. During the attacks, during the night, during the day, when she goes to pretend to go get water. Mm-hmm. Whatever. She could have escaped at any time. She's got her ship back at the spaceport, and the Jade Shadow is there as well, as far as she knows, right? Because yeah. she knows Luke and Ben are there. So she knows she's got ships. She could escape if she wanted to. Why hasn't she? Well, the Sith must be coming to get her. Because she has the navigational data for the Maw. All right. They're right. Yeah. They're like, not completely. They're right. They're like, I, I don't, I don't think they understand the Sith, the Sith's motivation. No. Structure. This, cause these are not Sith like they're used to. This is a whole, a whole, not, this is not two. This is not a succession of one after the other. This is a civilization of thousands. Yep. You know? And I don't think they quite understand what the Sith are up to. So, like, all of their guesses while they're, like, half on the bullseye, it's for the wrong reasons. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And I just feel like eventually that's going to lead you astray and it's going to get you screwed. Yeah, it's a good way of of writing it writing it in with them having the wrong information, though. Yeah. Because the writing is, they are doing this. They think it's right, and it's kind of there, but they only have half the information. Yeah, exactly. They so, don't know anything about these Sith other than Sith. they're hard to kill, and they're not idiots. Yeah. <laughs> we know that for sure. Yeah. Well, now that they have figured out what Vistara is up to, they decide that they have to go spy on her. It's, uh, it's, it's a very important job when you're dealing with Sith. You must be secret. You must spy on them. You can't let her know what you're up to. Got to spy on her more, to which Ben says, blast it. I was almost starting to like her. Hey. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Teenagers, huh? What are you talking about? You're almost starting to like her when every other thing that you've said is you hate her for this, and I hate her for that, and I hate her for this. That's what I thought. We cut to Vistara secretly meeting up with suspected and confirmed... Yes. Night sister, Holly Ava, who hands over Vistara's lightsaber and data pad, which has an awaiting message. We're here with the weapons you wanted and a Sith saber to trade for a night sister. They clearly have very different plans than what Luke Skywalker. They have much broader plans than what Luke is considering. Yeah. They are planning on absorbing someone from this new society with new powers and different understanding of the force into their society to grow and learn while at the same time reciprocating that for these other people. Yeah. It's a, when you could, it's a student exchange, right? Yeah. Instead of, you know, a, a kidnapping. Yeah. Which it's... you're more than capable of. They are willing to seemingly willing to offer a trade Instead of just taking by brute force and pure evil, mm-hmm. like a Sith, right? Like expected Sith. Yeah, their knowledge and power, but not just for the sake of power. Yeah, they're all. They want to grow, and they want. Well, they want to conquer. 
Mm-hmm. And to do so, they must grow, I guess. Maybe it's an end means to an end type of thing, you know? Yeah. Knowledge that we've seen people ignoring facts and ignoring those What, are you talking about things. real life or are you talking about Luke Skywalker? Oh, I, I got to... Well, There's a lot of answers there. Yes. Chapter 26. <laughs> Haleava, the secret Night Sister, convinces the Rising Sun Clan to ambush the Night Sisters in the forest after dark. She returns back pretending to be a former Raining Leaves current Rising Sun Clan member and tells them, here's what we should do to get those stinking Night Sisters. I'm definitely not one. Let's ambush <laughs> them in the forest that night. And, well, Luke says that's where Luke and Ben will be. Okay. In the forest, after dark, hunting night sisters. Father and son. <laughs> Cut to. Chief of State Office. Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Where Han and Leia bring the Jedi proposal to Dala. Their proposal, we went over last time, was essentially unfreeze our Jedi and we'll give you this newest crazy one. And we'll work together to figure out what's wrong with them. Yeah. Treat them like patients, not like prisoners. Dala essentially accepts the deal, but with an important amendment, Yeah. which is that step one, you give me the crazy Jedi and the horns stay frozen. Step two, if your Jedi is good for one month, I'll unfreeze one of Cornhorn's children. <laughs> yeah. And then successively the next month, if they're both good, you know what I mean? Earning it on good behavior, which is reasonable. Yeah. But then again, in our society, cryo-freezing someone is not reasonable. Like, that would be very frowned upon, I would bet. Yeah. And so, it's hard to measure morally. Yeah. Because it's a different thing in that society, right? It is like an accepted, conscripted legal punishment. I don't know if conscripted made any sense there or not, but it came out of my face. Mm -hmm. But to us, it's like, wow. It seems extra dirty that you're going to say, here are the conditions on which I will undo this human rights violation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so... And I, I get her, I get her point with wanting to do it one at a time, even not from a... Like, just... Yeah. From a logistics standpoint, having three Jedi there um, under your yeah. purview and... Let me prove to myself that we can handle one. Yes. And then we'll do two. <laughs> you know, she doesn't say that, and that's our own conjecture once again. Mm-hmm. Our own personal insert, but... Right. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want three at a time to start. Let me start with one yeah. and break baby steps, uh, break myself into working on these Jedi. Start in the shallow end with some water floaties. <laughs> so that's her, that's her amendment to the deal is it's a contingent on uh, un, the unfreezing is contingent on good behavior. Now, while this meeting is going on, I found this very odd. Her assistant, Windorvin, is essentially checking Twitter the whole time mm-hmm. because she's got a Twitter poll out there to gauge public opinion on the aforementioned unfreezing. And I think this new taking advice, Natasi Dalla, scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Because what is happening? She seems unpredictable uh, based on her character as I know it. Yeah, to this point, and and it's outside influences that are causing that unpredictability. And she's got this weird, like, 
I'll listen to this guy and then someone else will turn around and she'll, okay, I'll listen to you. And then she turns around yeah. and goes, you know what? I'm going to be that monster that everyone thinks right, I am. Right. <laughs> Which is what is so weird and, and like off-putting about the whole thing is like, she's searching for advice. She's searching for advice. But then ultimately, if it doesn't support what she really wanted in the first place, like she is just trying to, she's just trying to reinforce her own biases, really. Right? Mm-hmm. Biases, if you will. I, it, she's a she's a military leader trying to play politician. It's not working for her. Excellent point. Excellent point. And not even formal military leader for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, like informal renegade type of shit. Yeah. Like pirate life. Yeah, leader. Leader. I, leader of pirate soldiers. Undisputed leader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's no opinion. Yeah. So this new version of her where she's like, hey, uh, what does everybody want? And then maybe I'll maybe I'll take that in consideration. It scares the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Han and Leia leave and they point out to each other. It's weird that Doll is taking this poll and also weird that she doesn't seem to trust the military. The Galactic Alliance military. Because remember when she like attacked the Jedi Temple? With Mandalorians. She didn't use the army. And it's pointed out that, of course, she doesn't trust the military because the Jedi have not infiltrated isn't the right word, but they're they're present throughout the rank and leadership of the military. They got friends everywhere. They're in it. Yeah. Jane is a pilot. Dark Lighter is is a is a, a whatever commander of a secret something something. Yeah. Uh, whatever the fuck. Yeah. The whatever some branch of the. But like yeah, of course she can't trust the military because she's alienated the most powerful people in the military. Mm-hmm. Maybe not politically powerful or whatever you know. So she's got to turn to Mandos. And. And I don't, th- and I think Mandos have a better chance against the mil- against the Jedi anyway. Right? Hey, whatever. It's not a bad idea. No, <laughs> I mean, Han and Leia feel like she's up to something, and I do too. Yeah, absolutely. But what is she doing? And it makes me wonder what secrets, as we alluded to in the beginning of this episode, that she knows that we don't know that she knows. Does mm-hmm. she know about the secret Imperial costume party? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Does she fun. know about? All of Leckerson's dabblings with uh, trying to screw around Jag. Or does she know any of it? Does she know about this Senator Treen coming into the pic? Like, maybe yeah. none, maybe some, maybe all. We don't know because she's not, we don't We don't get in her head very often. She's not the main character. Yeah. Even close. She's a foil for everybody else to, uh, you know, to rally or, or rail against, I should say. Mm-hmm. But she scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, she her not knowing what the leader of the government is going to do is <laughs> terrifying. Weird. Weird times. <laughs> Airspeeder hangar on Coruscant. And just as I was wondering if Dala knew about all these secret meetings, my telepathy must have been <laughs> leading my leading my words here. Because we cut to the next part and we've got Leckerson and Senator Treen in a secret car. Which looks like a different car. Talking about Jagged Fell and his secret dinner with the Solos. Which is going to be happening next door to a disgraced generational xenophobe who will definitely die trying to kill Jagged Fell. 
And they know it. But then the real attack will come against him, but seem like it's for the Solos, and all of this will stop Dalla from reuniting with the Jedi, and also make Lekerson head of the Empire. Somehow. They, like, lay out what their plan and what's going to happen, and I'm sitting here reading it, and I was like, hey, if you say so, pal. But let me say this. When the author tells you what's going to happen, bet it's not. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like, you're not going to spoil your next chapter. Something is going to go unexpectedly is what I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And so when he's like, this is going to happen, 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 and then I win. And I'm like, all right. It's a well-thought-out plan as far as... It's not bad, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm just betting it won't happen. And these two seem like such a minor inconvenience story. Yeah. Yeah, they're affecting the the main political thing that what's that's going on that power yeah. shift, but it, that has no impact on what's actually happening. Yet, yeah. Chapter twenty seven. We go from in the car watching the restaurant to inside the restaurant with no location heading, nothing, and no consistency. It's good because the restaurant is a weirdly named thing. Yeah, what is it called? The Pan... The Pan... Pan Galactic Umanumbra or something. Something like that. (laughs) I don't know, but that's where we are. We go from watching the restaurant to inside the restaurant. Pan Galactus is still weird. Pan Galactus. Ah, the big purple and blue bad guy. (laughs) Way big, way big. In the restaurant, Jaina, Jag, Han, Leia, Alana, 3PO, R2-D2... And several guards arrive for dinner. And I'm thinking, how the hell does anyone think they're going to do anything to this group of people? You've got Jaina Solo, the most powerful Jedi Knight in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Disclaimer, Jedi Knight, for sure. Because Luke's a master. Yeah. Uh, You've got Leia Solo, plenty competent, plenty powerful, plenty dangerous. Han Solo, the luckiest, most dangerous 70-year-old <laughs> in the galaxy. Jagged Fell, a rigid, battle-hardened Chiss. Yeah. They're four guards. And an R2 and 3PO, bro. Yeah. They... We just saw R2 and 3PO take out a mechanic in his own <laughs> shop not that long ago. Okay, Someone's <laughs> going to get their butt zapped. I feel like it's coming. But, but seriously, like... Here's this collection of people, and they're watching one guy in another room going, here we go. I'm going to do this. One, two, three, four of the most dangerous people in the galaxy. Okay. Yeah. So that's a lot of firepower. They all sit down, and Alana doesn't want spicy Karelian food. And we cut to Lekerson and Treen watching the xenophobe Tolan. As he is watching Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Yeah. When Leia is with Tarkin and Vader, refusing to sell out the Rebels to save her home planet of Alderaan. It's a recreation, Leckerson says. Based on Leia's own memoirs and standard reports filed by Vader and Grand Moff Tarkin. Admirers of the Palpatine era adore it, but it's not listed on any official menu. You have to know about it and ask for it specifically. Anyway, when Alderaan blows up, it's Toland's signal to act. It's on the secret menu. But, oh, baby. Yeah. Do you realize the door 
that that just opened up. That means everybody in the Star Wars universe conceivably has access to the first six Star Wars movies. In some... Some form, some medium. Some 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 cross stitched combination <laughs> of filed reports. Um, I'm sure they had onboard video cameras, you know what I mean? Yeah. Through some combination of all these things, now we have dramatizations of the events in universe. Of course you would. Of the clone wars, of the of the rebellion. Of course you do. Yeah. Just like we have World War One, World War Two obsession. Over movies and, and media, books, yeah. TV, games. Of course, in this science fiction universe where you have had grand dramatic conflicts on massive scales, of course you would have dramatizations of those events that people watch on TV. Oh my fucking God, dude. When I read this, I was like, what? Of course. Yeah. It it seems so obvious, right? Of course they, of course they tell stories in visual medium format. About the wildest events in their history. The wildest thing is that I never thought about it. No, me at all. But there must be books all about Jason Solo and his little galactic civil war, yeah. hollow dramas, movies, documentaries, all the official reports that like the real super nerds would go through. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that just opened such a gigantic door in the Star Wars universe. Just from a, I don't know, I don't even know, from a perspective of interesting. Yeah, it's... We, the reader, feel like we have way more information than the regular people Mm -hmm. in the story. But maybe we don't. Maybe they've all seen it on TV before. This dramatic reenactment of Luke in the Death Star Trench in his X-Wing. Oh, yeah. You know? And then if... And now let's get weird and consider... The idea of what if your imagination is creation and your imagination creates another universe in which these events actually did happen. And then so then what we see is just a representation of those events because it's not really a depiction of what's happening in that alternate universe that your imagination is creating. It is your real world adaptation of your imagination (laughs) so what the fuck am i talking about and none of this is in the notes but think about the the possibility that simply thinking enough imagining enough believing enough in a story creates it in in an alternate universe creates it as a dimension yeah as a livable breathable existent thing and then we're watching the movies in our, in our universe, right? Thinking that, look at that movie. But really, he dreamed it into existence in another dimension. And this is just what we are getting the representation of. 
much like <laughs> these people don't get to actually see it happening in their universe due to temporal constraints. Yes. And they're they're experiencing it as a representation, just like we are. And I just think, I don't know. What if what the fuck <laughs> am I saying? <laughs> but what about that weird idea where imagination is creation? Because it is so powerful. Yeah. Like, look at us reading through these books. Almost a hundred fucking episodes talking about this fictional universe that we have grown to love over the years. Mm-hmm. But what if that consecration of imagination, wow, breeds creation in another dimension? I wish I could have put a different Asian on the end of that one. Mm-hmm. In another iteration. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It, it, that leads I'm to... saying nothing. I'm I'm just saying, what about this weird idea? Yeah. That what? leads to every person's interpretation of what these characters were to, like in the books, to look like or be like. Each person has their own individual so, universe that they've created. What's the question? The most important question is, what color is Zach's hair? (laughs) (laughs) No, but maybe it's an amalgamation of everybody's imagination. What is happening with my words? I'm not trying to do that. No. All the... You know, maybe it's just a... It takes takes an average. And it's like the amount of existent (laughs) belief is how... is, is, Is directly related to how much that dimension exists. And it is, in a way, true, because the amount of present fandom for a thing in in real life yeah. generates more fictional content for that universe. Thus, the imagination is breeding creation, as it always does with in 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 broadest sense. Yeah. But truly, being a fan of something and believing in it makes the universe expand. Sometimes. Hmm. And that's, <laughs> that's, I didn't, I don't, we went, that is not in my notes. Real deep and off topic, but it was, it's very interesting. I like to it. To get back to the notes, speaking of these dramatizations of, of course, Star Wars. Yeah. As, 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 <laughs> as the news the and movies. Civil War movies. <laughs> yeah. Right. What about the scary ass? HBO Yuzhan Vong Invasion series. How about that? Oh, I don't want to watch that. No. The, the super mature, here come the White Walkers type of thing. Yeah, it's... Uh, way, way worse. Way worse. Yes. Yeah, because it was real. The, the rated R of the... But think uh, about that, right? Like, you would have historical documentation. You would have, from that documentation, a dramatization of... The most harrowing experience that everyone in the galaxy went through 20 years ago? Yeah. Like, that would be movies. That would be TV. That would be books. Fiction, nonfiction, expanded universe, whatever. (laughs) Of course it is. But that's the one I want to see. I want to see YVH on HBO. (laughs) Anyway, Tolan blasts his way into Jack's dinner party. (laughs) Alderaan gets exploded, and he... Blows open the wall. And we cut to the wall exploding. Alana screaming. 
the table flipping, and seven blaster bolts firing into Tolan before he gets up more than a few steps yeah. through the wall. So much power behind all the shots <laughs> that he's running full speed and just stops. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good part of the description. It just, the, wow. The sheer, bang, 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 seven. Dead in the chest. Momentum completely stopped. He didn't tip backwards. He didn't tip, keep going forwards. <laughs> just dead stop. Just dead stop. And I like the, the descriptor of, he was dead. He just didn't know it yet because yeah. he's like looking like his yeah. eyes are still yeah. moving. And then as he's standing there, two YVH droids come blasting through the wall as well. Then Jaina leaps forward, lightsaber in hand. Mm-hmm. Quote, she calls herself one of the best trained Jedi Knights in recent history. Use her more than. Yep. And she proves it true with a quick disassembly of one YBH droid. P.S. Remember all the trouble that everybody has had with YBH droids throughout the past series and a half, but specifically her and Zek when they were on Terraphon or Telephon. Yeah. One or the other. And there was two YBH droids in a farm mm-hmm. and they couldn't take them. It was a long drawn out battle. Yeah. She cuts this one into pieces in like three strokes. Yeah, because she goes into detail like, yeah, about how it. her instinct was to cut the head off of it, but it's yeah. being held by all these different rods. And she's like, easier way, cut it in half and then stick my lightsaber right up through his yeah. chest. And as like she cuts it in half and, and it clangs it to the floor, she's like, all of its weapons are still dangerous. So and then she's like, up the chest cavity, right mm-hmm. into the brain canal. And swirl my lightsaber around and yeah. I'm good to go. And then she's like, uh, and then my lightsaber's stuck inside this YVH droid. Well, there's another one standing right next to me. And he starts getting ready to fire off his mini rockets and Leia flick. Yep. Throws him with the force and he blows himself up. I keep saying he, it blows itself up. And we are left with Han and Leia blaming Dala. Mm-hmm. Because during their meeting, it became obvious that she was trying to stall them. She blamed it off on the poll, the Twitter poll. She was waiting for results on that. Han and Leia, after this dangerous and coordinated attack, decide that must have been why Dala was trying to delay us. To set us up to get blown up. And it all seems to be part of the Moff and the Senator's plan. As we cut to... Leckerson, seeing all this on his little secret TV in his secret car, and telling Treen, yep, nailed it. Didn't know that kid was in there, though? Yikes. Yeah, that but sucks. nailed it. <laughs> and she is harsh with that. Go ahead. She's <laughs> she's like, well, yeah, kind of. It would have been good for their other daughter to die, and then yeah. Han would have just gone and killed Dala himself. That's right. Take, that would take care of two birds stoned at once. Yeah. Chapter 28. Jaina's in the car with Jag, post everybody dispersing after the explosion and attack. And she says, what if Dala and the Moffs are working together? That's awesome. (laughs) 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 And it is, again, reflective of the theme of incomplete information. Mm -hmm. You're making these assumptions based on incomplete information. Just like Luke and Ben are doing about the Sith. Here's Jaina doing it about the Moffs 
and Dala teaming up to take out Jag, right? She says, That blowy uppy guy was surprised when the YVH droids joined him in the attack. I felt it in the force. He wasn't surprised about dying. He was surprised that two attack droids showed up with him. Because <laughs> he was just strapped with dynamite. He was going to give Jag a hug to blow him up. Yep. Simple. That's some classic guerrilla warfare tactics right there. But why was he surprised when the YVH droids showed up? Because Dala and the Moths are working together. That's the only way it could happen. Now we have an extra perspective mm-hmm. from the Imperial Creepy Costume Card Game Party. Yes. Where... General Jackson was present. And the last time we saw him, he and Dalla were shooting YVH droids together in a training protocol session. Yep. And then we see him with the Imperials at Secret Ruin Everything meeting. And then we see surprise YVH droids showing up to frame Dalla. Mm-hmm. It's all part of Lackerson's plan. When he was talking about... He's gonna he's gonna blow up the wall and he's gonna go attack Jag, but there's gonna be a second secret attack. That was the YVH droids, and then he says it's gonna seem they're going for Han and Leia, but they're really trying to kill Jag. Well, then that's gonna destroy Dalla's current plans because Han and Leia end up believing Dalla is guilty because of her trying to delay them during the meeting. Jaina then comes to the conclusion that Dala must be working with the Moffs. So, you know, implicating Dala as well. And I, I wonder if it's going to be tied back to that thread of General Jackson. And that's why we saw him with Dala with the droids. You know what I mean? Just yeah. to make that make sense later. Yeah, some con- some consistency in there. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty cool. But... Uh, even though Jane is wrong, I still don't know what Dahl is up to. Nope. Near the hill, on Dathomir. <laughs> Luke and Ben and Dion are tracking Haliava through the forest at night. Luke says, something's changing. And cut to Haliava and Vistara meeting up, prepping the coming Sith with a message, and trying to trick the Skywalkers using their own tracking device against them. As they chat about how... You know, alliances are only trustworthy until one side stops profiting. Not at all ominous for Haliava. Not at all uh, foreshadowing for the next book. Not at all scary for everybody involved, even though we're not talking about Abloff. Then they stick to Tracker and Luke's blood on a lizard to mislead the Jedi. She figured that out, right? A long time ago. A long time ago. She is smart. Yeah. Remember how many times we're being shown how... Clever, resourceful, dangerous, powerful, good decision maker. Yeah. <laughs> What's that called? Decideful, you know. Decisive? Oh, In- Insightful? Yeah, all the fightfuls. Uh, yeah, all sorts she's of fools. very fightful. But she's very smart. P.S. These ladies also know how to hide in the force. And when they do, the star of Bebop's Haliava on the head and in the chest ties her up. And carries her off to the Sith landing site. She's going to be the exchange student. <laughs> uh, the difference, though, is that I think they're going to kill everyone. I don't know if they're going to leave the Night Sisters alive. I'm not trusting that part of this deal. 
No. Now that Vistara has whacked, bapped, and tagged this broad. Yeah. Wrapped her up and thrown her over her shoulder to kidnap her. She tells her, after she finally gives up this ruse of joining the Night Sisters, she tells Haliava, you thought you were doing me a favor by helping me join the Night Sisters and teaching me blah, blah, blah. She says, I'm returning that favor and multiplying it. Someday, you'll be a Sith. And it makes me regret not caring more about Haliava all throughout this book <laughs> if she is going to keep being a recurring character. Yeah. Because I didn't expect them to steal a Dathomir native from the planet because the Night Sisters don't want to leave. Yeah. So I didn't really th- see that coming. I was like, look at all these temporary people to give a fuck about. <laughs> yeah. Here's a whole bunch of but people that can gonna die. But if she's going to steal her and make her a Sith and then it comes into play later on or something, that's cool. That's a cool little... You know, the thread that he's leaving hanging going forward for the mm-hmm. next book. Maybe for his own book, because apparently they don't know what happens in each other's books. <laughs> but she says, I'm returning that favor and multiplying it. Vistara is strong. Vistara is smart. <laughs> and she won't be alone for much longer. Because the Sith are coming. Will they destroy the rising sun? Will they capture the Skywalkers? Will they kill Vistara for some Sith reason? Will they mention Abeloth? Find out next week. When we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 4, Backlash, Chapters 29 through 31. A shorty next week to wrap this book up. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Bye-bye, Dathomir, Night Sisters of Boromir and Faramir. Oops. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.